I'm Ginger Birkenbuehl. And I'm Esther Ikoro. And we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. It's good that we're at a new season in the podcast. It's good to change seasons. You yeah, know why? it's springtime. That's why. It is springtime. And it's sunny outside right now. It's a time of renewal. It's a time for rejuvenation. Vitamin D. Vitamin D. Yep. It's a time for change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast. Awesome. Um, because today we're going to be talking about disrupting yourself, mm-hmm. right? So disrupting yourself, disrupt is a word that's mostly used for startups in the business world when something new and innovative comes out. So it's weird that you would say, well, you should disrupt yourself. But I actually think that it's a vital part of building and maintaining a, a vibrant and, and thriving business. Agreed. And I think, too, it's a little bit different than pivoting, right? We had a podcast last season where we talked about pivoting and right. switching and going 180 degrees to a different direction. Uh, this is more about stopping and looking around and deciding, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. What should I be doing? What have I not done? Yeah, And even taking some cues from other people that you thought we're doing what you're doing, but you find out like, wow, they're actually doing 10 times more things. And I thought, I thought I was doing a lot. Right. And I really am not doing as much as I could be because I've been kind of phoning it in a little bit. Right. I've been phoning in like, oh, this is just, you're not thinking about it. Acceptable. Yeah. And really, I think it's about growth because pivoting can be a form of growth. But even if you're not pivoting, you should still be growing and evolving in different ways. um, Even if you're still doing um, similar things to what you were doing in the beginning. Outside forces sometimes force you to disrupt yourself, too. Right. It's not just you making a decision, I need to change, but other things are happening, whether it could be some kind of an economic change or a life change or some kind of a loss, some business loss. That's a place when you have to force yourself to be disrupted. And it doesn't have to be always a positive thing. Sometimes the negative thing that Mm -hmm. happens Mm -hmm. creates opportunity Mm. for something even better to happen down the road. Yeah, and I think oftentimes in business, people end up having to disrupt themselves because of a negative force, Um, which leads me into the conversation about ruts because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about a rut, you think about you're in a bad, negative place. Mm -hmm. But you could also be in a rut and be doing quite well, actually. Yeah, you could be in a rut and not know it. Yeah, so what do you think a rut is? I think a rut is when you're doing the same thing over and over again and you don't necessarily know that you're doing the same thing all over again, over and over. And sometimes you do, but you're not making any changes. You're not being open or you're not really thinking about, um, you're not thinking about any kind of change. And sometimes a rut can also be um, boredom. You're losing your passion. You're losing your drive. You know, you're losing that motivation. That gusto of the newness has kind of worn off. You've gotten into a routine in your business, you know. What are we going to talk about today on this podcast of Cautionary Tales, Disrupt Yourself, Esther? We're going to talk about how ruts apply to small businesses. We're going to talk about examples of companies that have disrupted themselves and been disrupted. 
Um, we're going to talk about how to get out of a rut in business and different ways to help you not slip into the rut in the first place. So you mentioned a rut being kind of a place where you're maybe doing the same thing. A good measure is how often does your business evolved? Has it evolved? Are you pushing your limits? Um, and then one thing I want to mention is that sometimes people are in ruts in business and they're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's the most a, dangerous rut of all. In I business. mean, what is it? What's an example of. I mean, because rut is a negative thing, which means things are not going going well. So how do you define someone that's in a rut that's doing well? Yeah. I don't even, that doesn't even make sense When to I me. think of a rut, I literally think of like a little sunken part of the ground mm-hmm. that is up on both sides that you can't get out of unless you have like a certain amount of momentum. Mm-hmm. I'm making like a U shape with my hand mm-hmm. right now. So you might be at a place where you're comfortable. You're making enough money. You have a business in a category that you understand and you're doing well and you have a good rhythm and a good pace. You're making enough money to sustain you and or even you're making money where you you're like, yeah, this is great. I'm I'm killing it. But you haven't you're not actively thinking about ways you can be growing. You're not actively seeking out what the problems are to make sure that you're um, on the offense to solve them. You're just going through the motions and collecting the money. You're not thinking of ways that you can help your employees be better. You're not thinking of ways you can grow your company culture. I think that when we talk about business, we talk about it from a place of, do I have money? Don't I have money? And that can change at any time, but there's so many things in between that are going to really impact the sustainability of your business, um, the vitality of your business. And those are the little things that I feel like if you don't pay attention you're in a rut. You can be in a company culture rut. Right. Right. You yeah. know, so there there are little things to look at, which kind of get lost when we only think about, am I able to pay my bills? Am I able to pay my employees? Right. I was thinking about, um, you know, we did the workshop at the Chicago Chamber um, with several small businesses, and it was exciting to be there because um, the businesses were, they had an understanding that they needed to learn something. They needed to know something. They weren't sure what they needed to know. But at the end of the Google Digital Coaches Workshop, they realized that, oh my goodness, I haven't been doing enough for my business. And I think that's a place where you recognize, um, I've been in a rut and didn't know it because they haven't been looking up and looking around and they've been doing pretty good. But I was always um, taught when I first started my business, um, you either have to grow or you're going to shrink and then you're eventually gonna go out of business. So right. being in a rut, like what we're just, what we're talking about now and, um, doing the same things over and over again and still, you know, taking the money or, or taking your checks, eventually that's not going to work. It's not sustainable. And it's not going to last. You have to go to the next level. So um, you have to recognize that you've got to move on and move out some kind of way. And sometimes you have to have someone shake you and tell you, or sometimes you have to go and, you know, just out of curiosity, take some classes that you've never taken before, learn something you've never learned or listen to a story that you've not heard before to kind of make you realize that there's something more out there. It's almost like when you when you look at images on Instagram of foreign countries you've never traveled to. Like, I mean, thank oh, God wow. for Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how would you ever know what, you know, what some of these um, really far distant lands look like if you couldn't mm-hmm. see a picture? And then it helps you realize that there are other worlds out there besides your own. 
Yeah. And sometimes you get shaken out of a rut because a competitor comes along and is like, you thought what you were doing was great, but we have a completely different take on it. Yes. And those are <laughs> that the happened recently. most dangerous parts. I mean, it happens all the time, all over the place. So wait, why is it dangerous? It's really dangerous because then you go into a state of being reactionary and you panic. Wow. Because you and then and then on top of that, especially if it's a competitor that's very innovative, you don't even have the time to figure out how to make this fit into your company culture and your established brand because you're not on the offense. Mm -hmm. Now you're just like, well, let's just spend a lot of money and try to figure out. I've, they're or good. let's hurry up. Or exactly. let's hurry up. Exactly. Let's hurry, hurry, and hurry. So you, you'll spend a lot of money. Quality will suffer. You know, you didn't have a good rhythm, a good pace. It's it, it really leaves you open to um, making a misstep, which could send your company down the drain. Yeah, it's happened yeah. to a lot. It's happened to a lot of companies. I mean, I think that, um, you know, if you are not taking a look at your competitors, then you've got a problem. Yeah. I mean, you've got a big problem. You have got to pay attention to your competitors. You have to see what they're doing. You have to know what's going on out there. Um, you know, I have a lot of competitors, and they're not just competitors in terms of the actual work that my agency does, um, but they're just competitors of other people's attention or competitors of, you know, that that have, you know, similar knowledge that, that I have as a thought leader. And while I welcome competition I also know that I have to keep myself fresh and I have to keep reading and looking and reviewing and learning all the time because if I don't then how am I going to build my brand and build my business and and help other people learn and be successful how can I help my clients win I have to I have to constantly be checking myself and disrupting my own processes so that I don't get stale There's a, a really good quote because this kind of opens the conversation up to talking about examples of companies that have been disrupted and that have disrupted themselves. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've all heard this quote, you should always be trying to put yourself out of business or someone's going to do it for you. Um, and I think in this day and Wait age... Wait a minute. Wait. Okay. Back up. Put yourself out of business yes. for someone else. Well, please explain... Absolutely. That means, exactly. that means that you should be trying to put yourself out of business. You should be thinking the way that a competitor would be thinking. Okay. If they were approaching the landscape with fresh eyes. So then what is the the next step for a business owner to take? Because I, I think that, you know, companies like Apple and, and Motorola, you Facebook, know, Google, Instagram, you know, they, they are huge, you know, multi-billions of dollars valuation companies and yeah. you know apple being yeah. trillion at this point but um you know for a small business mm -hmm. this I'd is actually really, so applicable to small businesses of course it is yeah i want to understand what can a small person small business owner do because when i'm when i'm running workshops and talking to small business owners and i am one myself 
there's so much to do. And some of the things that we're talking about, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I can't even do all that. My brain, my head's going to explode. Mm-hmm. My head's going to explode. Because um, if you imagine large companies, their heads are exploding already because of all the, the rampant mm-hmm. change taking place in technology. Mm-hmm. It's just disrupting their processes and their flows and um, even how they acquire talent. But for a small business... What are you going to do with all this? How do you, who's going to help you? Who's going to help you see that you're in a rut? Who's going to help you understand how to get out of it? Who's going to help you? Who's going to help you decide to go Mm. out and start learning? And which basically means stop what you're doing and start working, you know, on your business. Like who, who's going to do this for you? What do you do? So that's the thing. Some people will never see that they're in a rut. You do have to have a growth mindset in order to be able to disrupt yourself. I don't know any other way to make it happen outside of something really terrible happening Shaking where you, you have to yeah yeah like an economic collapse business yeah right an economic yeah. collapse will yeah. definitely make you stop a client a major client loss mm-hmm. will make yeah. you take stock yeah. of what you're doing but yeah. you want to be prepared for that or even think politically so i'm thinking about the recent you know political environment in chicago and i was looking at the um the technology presentation from both you know mayoral candidates the uh-huh. ones that ended up going into the runoff and felt like um you know one candidate did not control their narrative as well as the other one did and it really mm-hmm. to me changes a lot it changed a lot it, to me it really looked like well that person did not pay attention yeah to the disruption of technology mm-hmm. as well as the other person did yeah and that made all the difference especially when you start losing people's attention and the people that are paying attention can help you get over the top. So I think that um, it's critical to at least even if you think about strategies and tactics for how to disrupt yourself or if you recognize that you're a person that is not willing to change or not willing to listen, you've got to somehow find people that will help you listen. That Mm. means people that are not saying yes to you. Yeah. You've got to have people that will tell you the truth, that will um, look at you and say, I don't think this is the right thing or I don't agree with you. You've got to try this. You've got to try that. You have to have people around you that have varying concerns, yeah, varying perspectives, definitely um, coming from different cultures, mm-hmm. absolutely different cultures. And if, if that, that's what you have to do. When you're a small business, you don't necessarily have mm. you know, people working for you all over the place, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, I, that's a that's a sure way to make some changes with yeah, yourself. Yeah. A good thing is also for me um, is to make sure that you're not putting your audience in a box. Like, I think it's really important to know your audience and to speak to your audience. But sometimes business owners and people who are building brands don't leave room for their audience to evolve. So they'll say, this is what my audience wants. This is how they want to consume it. Um, when in reality, like that audience is going to change over time. What what's important to them is going to change over time. New people are going to come into your audience and maybe want something a little different. And that's separate from brand identity specifically. I mean, let's take a good example is like a shoe company, an established shoe company like Nike, right, understands that it's about culture. But culture to them used to be something that looks very different from some of the ways that they build culture now. Because they use a lot of 
technology to to you know push out their stories and and so kind of the way that they do what they do has changed over time as technology has changed as the expectations of their audience has changed and the expectations of the way that people interact with brands in general have changed but if they were like no people want that shoe drop where they line up outside which people still do Mm -hmm. cool but now you can see it on an app too for certain things yeah the fashion industry is a good example. I mean, we've all heard the stories of famous high-end fashion brands going like, we don't sell to urban markets. Well, guess what? Now Louis Vuitton is trying to collaborate with streetwear brands and all this stuff because things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the things that was right in front of their face before, it took their industry to begin to die for them to get scared enough to act. Well, I also think um, that leveraging influencers and other people that may not be working for you or people that are interested in what you're doing and finding out for sure that they like the same things that you like, this is a way for you to help them help you see something very different. I Ultimately, what we're really trying to talk about is um, business survival in the age of explosive um, technology and social media engagement. You've really got to figure out ways to stay on top of this and one of the questions I got at a workshop recently was, um, how do I you know, get some automation or some ongoing results online? And there's a bunch of different ways to do that, um, you know, besides having tools like a Sprout Social um, to help you automate content, but also having other people work for you that can start helping you write things and keep things out there. Because even if you're resistant to learning new things other people that you bring into your environment will help you learn and you have to be open to say please come to my table and help me understand this you know that's critical to keep yourself fresh so that you can constantly be disrupting your processes disrupting your business models disrupting how you're communicating with your customers disrupting how you're communicating with yourself and the kinds of internal uh, internal conversations that are going on day to day with your work And also, when you think about those ongoing daily day to day conversations happening in your head, when they start turning into a more curious, curious space, that starts to come out and even how you're researching your audience and how you're researching your industry and how you're looking at the world, it starts informing more about how you can start making changes to your business. And that's what's really critical with keeping yourself disrupted. And I've this is a natural state for me. I mean, I just, you know, and I, I don't, I don't know where this came from. I think that there's some um, natural ways that I operate with the way that I think and the way that I, you know, um, move through the world. That I am, it's like my pores are open to know <laughs> new things. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, why did you use the word your pores are open? Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I am yeah. leaving myself open yeah, to some people out and learn things and other people. Risk, yeah, I'm definitely whatever. I'm definitely not risk averse. Risk averse. I'm yeah. not at all. And, you know, that is a double edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. It is a double edged sword because I do jump off a cliff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen when I get to the bottom. Sometimes I crash mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't. I float. Um, but that's the only way that I can stay alive and keep mm. my business growing and um you know develop new relationships with new people and new clients and yeah. and also figuring out how do I how do we solve the client's problem mm. if we don't know what's happening in the world that could be potentially disrupting Impacting their them. business yeah. 
Yeah. And I also think that a good way to look at it, if you're not a person who enjoys taking risks, is look at it as part of your company's development, research and development, but allocate a percentage of your time, a percentage of your budget, a percentage of something to trying new things, to trying to integrate new processes and things into your practice. Absolutely. Like I know businesses who they have a certain amount of um, continued education time and budget that they put towards their employees. That way they know that they're regularly plugged into industry leaders who are going to show them new things, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, they're not cut off in that way. So it's kind of built into the way that their company operates. So they don't have to, it isn't all on them to find like the crazy thing, but they're making sure that they're keeping their ear to those conversations. Um, So yeah, I would say maybe like, you know, 10%, minimum 5% of your time, your budget, your culture should definitely be allocated towards like trying something new and innovative and crazy and something. Mm -hmm. And that's built into, I think really it's the fear of failure too. Like when something is working and you're making money and everything's fine, you can pay your bills. It's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So if someone tried something new and it didn't work and you go, well, why did we even try this in the first place? You're now creating a culture where people are afraid to ask questions. They're afraid to try new things. They're afraid to suggest new things. They're afraid to bring things up to you. So it's really about how is failure looked at when in reality, you know, if you fail at something, you try to do it and there's something to be learned in that. But it also allows room for innovation, for people to to think freely, um, which means that you're going to have less blind spots as opposed to people being like, nope, this is the way it is and I don't want to get in trouble. So we're just going to keep it this way um, so that nobody can say, oh, you're the one who came up with this thing that maybe didn't work later on. Right. So I think that ultimately what we're saying is force yourself to be curious so that you can disrupt yourself and you can continue to grow and grow your business and grow your idea and grow your methodologies and grow your platform. You've got to stay curious, Mm. ask a lot of questions and don't be afraid of the word disruption because when it applies to yourself, Mm. that's really what has to happen Mm -hmm. for you to grow as a small business owner or as an entrepreneur. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Honest Field Guide podcast, where we talked about the importance of disrupting yourself. I'm Esther Coro. I'm Ginger Bergenbuehl. And we'll talk to you next time. The Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Bergenbuehl and Esther Coro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carroll. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Burke and Buell and Esther Ikoro. E.